0: From touting the sexiest women in the world to, well, anything but, Victoria's Secret is on a mission to turn all of us off, and it's working. Plus, Deion Sanders gets an endorsement from a guy who was acquitted of murder. How is Coach Prime going to handle this one? All that and so much more Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello and good morning, everybody. Welcome into Outkick the Morning. I am your host, Charlie Arnold. And guys, listen, I've been spending the morning reminiscing about when Victoria's Secret used to be synonymous with sexy, when every single model was stacked with big boobs, tiny waists, perky bums and gorgeous faces for me. Adriana Lima and Alessandra Ambrosio were my personal favorites. And while certainly those body types were not attainable for many women, they still accomplished their job of making me and really all of my friends want to buy Victoria's Secret products. I was not offended by their beauty then, and certainly I am not offended by their beauty now. However, Victoria's Secret decided in 2018 that stereotypical beauty was no longer politically correct, and they axed their huge annual televised fashion show to prove to the world that they were not shallow and didn't idolize the angels that put the company on top of the laundry mountain, if you will. Then in 2021 came the woke rebrand. Goodbye, angels. Hello, feminist activists. And boy, was it repulsive. Now, instead of seeing the most beautiful women in the world, we get a group comprised of soccer player Megan Rapino. A biological man and a group of women who honestly look like they were snacking on donuts all the way to the photo shoot. And all the power to the women out there with a few extra pounds or maybe odd-shaped bodies. But you're not who I want to look at when I am considering buying lingerie. Show me the best case scenario of how this is going to look on my body, not the worst case. Anyways, I know this opinion is not unique. And you know what they say, go woke, go broke. Listen to these numbers. In May, Victoria's Secret came out with quarterly earnings of $0.28 per share, missing their estimate of $0.54 per share. That's not good. This compares to earnings of $1.11 per share a year ago. But Victoria's Secret is so obsessed with their progressive woke agenda that they are ignoring the numbers and ignoring their consumer base, like me, and taking it a step further and introducing the Victoria's Secret World Tour now. It's going to air on Amazon Prime later this month and hot. It is not. It's not even lingerie focused anymore, with the brand's creative director saying, quote, we haven't forgotten our past, but we are also speaking to the present. They claim this is what women want. But as a woman, let me tell you, this is not what we want. And I am pretty sure that men would also agree with me here, because biological men in lingerie and obese models are not sexy. So listen to us, Victoria's Secret, and bring back the damn angels. There we go. Uh, now, Deion Sanders is the talk of the sports world, and athletes and celebrities alike are offering the support of Coach Prime in Colorado, who just pulled off a double OT stunner over Colorado State this past weekend. Now, Prime has been all over the place. You can't go anywhere without seeing his face plastered all, all over, and he was just on 60 Minutes, and of course, as he should, he's gobbling up all the attention. But there is exist endorsements that maybe you just don't want, like one from extremely controversial O.J. Simpson. You could say Colorado State was not a good team. Wait a minute. When USC plays UCLA, it doesn't matter what the records are. When Ohio State plays Michigan, when Southern plays Grambling, hey, it doesn't matter what the records are. Those games are shootouts uh, between rival games. So Colorado State and Colorado, you knew it would be a rival game and it would probably be a tough game. And Deion Sanders came through in a big way with his team. Listen, it's not a bad endorsement, and we do know Prime was happy to promote his praise from The Rock and Lil Wayne, who he had the game with him personally this past Saturday. But the question is now, will Deion Sanders trot out O.J. Simpson prior to the game this weekend? Like I said, it's a great endorsement. We know O.J. Simpson back in his heyday was a phenomenal player, so why not? going to grab headlines. Deion Sanders has never shied away from any types of controversy, so I don't know. Why should he start now? From an endorsement to a flat-out insult, NFL legend Warren Sapp likened Colin Kaepernick to trash over a report that his agent reached out to the New York Jets following Aaron Rodgers' season-ending injury, saying, quote, when you're trash, you don't put it on somebody's doorstep and expect them to come out and be like, hey, what is this trash? Now, Kaepernick is clearly desperate to return to the NFL, even though he at one point, let's not forget, compared NFL owners to slave owners. Maybe he just forgot that he said that. Uh, and he was hoping that the Jets would have forgotten that and maybe sign him as a replacement quarterback. But the Jets, as we know, they were not at all interested. And for good reason. They didn't even get back to him on that one. Now, Cap hasn't played a snap in seven years. He had a shot several years ago. He squandered that opportunity. But All things aside, especially his woke, disgusting politics, it's got to be said. Kaepernick, you're washed. Your opportunity is done here. Now, speaking of opportunities, this is an interesting one. The Raiders' Chandler Jones was made inactive Sunday for his team's loss to the Bills, and the defensive end made some really disturbing allegations to explain why he wasn't playing. In a lengthy sequence of tweets, Jones accused Raiders owner Mark Davis of holding a huge secret and said he's been barred from the team's facility since he allegedly found out, listen to this, that his goddaughter was being molested. He started erratically posting on X before the Raiders 38 to 10 loss saying, quote, I wish I could play with my brothers, but Marky Mark is holding a huge secret that only I know. Now you taking money out of my pocket. Here I am watching my team lose because someone was molesting my goddaughter. He also went on to say, you can call me whatever you want. CTE, a dumb football player, dumb black man, whatever y'all want, keyboard warriors. Meanwhile, our children are getting molested. Now, this is a pretty egregious claim. There is no evidence at the moment that Jones claims are true by any stretch of the imagination. If they are true, I hope they are handled promptly. Uh, But to come out and make this type of allegation is very serious And if it turns out to not be true, if it turns out he's just making erratic claims for absolutely no reason, uh, chances are, and as he should, be barred from the facilities forever, meaning cut from the Raiders indefinitely. Now, these claims come after another social media rant on September 5th, which makes all of this seem a little bit more strange. In which he claimed he didn't want to play for the team if head coach Josh McDaniels and GM Dave Zeigler were in place. Jones also claimed at that date that he was not allowed in the Raiders facility. At this point in time, he said, they won't let me in the building trying to provoke me. And he wrote that on his Instagram story. So again, uh, there is definitely a habit forming here. Uh, This is not once, but twice he has gone on these erratic tweeting sprees. Uh, So we'll see how all this plays out. But again, if it's true, it should be handled. Otherwise, uh, I do not see a bright future for Chandler Jones. But one guy who has maybe the brightest future of anybody who could ever exist is NBA legend Shaquille O'Neal. He took a break from breaking down basketball and helped the LA Port Police Department with their recruiting drive recently in this video. Watch. in the big team is more important than any one of us. If you have
1: what it takes to join the Los Angeles Port Police, come on down. It's time to dive in.
0: Officer O'Neill for the win. Did you see that? All he had to do was literally point in the direction of the patrol car and the criminal just got in. They didn't even have to be coerced into the car. There was no forcing. None of that happened. Shaquille O'Neill just holds that type of clout. People just listen to him. I think he would make an an excellent addition to the police force in L.A. Uh, as we all know, he's made an excellent addition to many of the squads that he's joined in the past. He helped the L.A. Lakers win three NBA championships at the height of his career. And then he went on to win one more with the Miami Heat before bouncing around the league and eventually deciding to retire. But now he's also a legend, on TNT's NBA show, which, you know, if it wasn't for him, I don't know that I would be watching on such a regular basis. But also, even before all of this, a lot of people don't realize this. He began his time as a Los Angeles Port Police Reserve officer in 2002. Uh, Gotta love Shaquille O'Neal. And also now I'm super excited to bring in my in-studio guest. Joining me, we have Chris Mano. Uh, And you have quite the storied past as well. Former NFL wide receiver and special teams for the Kansas City Chiefs and Carolina Panthers. Also, you have a sports performance specialty, uh, I would call it career, on your side. So you've been through a lot. But what's really interesting is that this career that you ended up pursuing in football was something that was pretty last minute. For a lot of athletes uh, to have gotten as far as you would have, would have had to have started playing football way earlier in their lives. But you didn't even start playing football Till your junior year in high school. So talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. So I was a baseball kid growing up. Um, <clears throat> I love football. I played one year as a youth. I did pretty well. I think my skill set transferred well, but my what I'd done from the time I was little was baseball. Shortstop. Jeter was my guy growing up. Uh, a couple of my best friends coerced me into playing football last minute, two days before training camp, and the rest is history. I got on the field, caught my first ball, and
0: how did they coerce you into playing two days before tryouts because that's that's a pretty rushed decision
1: so we would play at home on the street so it's all the same and I would do fairly well I guess the team was a little light at the receiver position they knew I could run they knew I can catch and I just like to hang with them so it it made sense we we hanging out one night they said we start in two days why don't you come to like seven on seven with us I didn't do horrible, and the rest is history.
0: Do you look back and think that this was the right decision for you? Because I know that you had played baseball, uh, you know, I guess you maybe would have even had a professional career in baseball at your disposal. Who knows? I mean, do you, do you look back and, and feel like you made the right choice?
1: Yeah, because I, I can't imagine. I don't think at any point playing baseball, and as much as I thought I loved it, I love football more. Like, there's nothing that makes you feel like a football game made me feel, and I'm still... The cool thing about starting so late is I like some of my peers, by the time they're done with college, are like cooked. They never want to put pads on again. Yes. I, they've been forcing me to do it since I'm five. And I was so passionate about it that I just kept working and working. And I didn't even get a shot to play until I was 25. And I still, I would like approach training different every day. I still hungry, still had that fire lit. So for me, it worked out well. So it's
0: interesting. I, I know you played for the Chiefs. Uh, it was... A short-lived stint with the sure. Chiefs, but still, obviously, I'm sure you look at this team especially and say, "Wow, what they've been able to accomplish, especially under the leadership of Patrick Mahomes." Right. Uh, is there anyone on that team? I mean, and, and Patrick Mahomes is definitely a viable option for you to choose uh, that you look up to and really respect. Or, or if not on the Chiefs, anyone else in the league?
1: Um, I, I, I like route runners, so I, with my position, I just like to watch guys like perfect their craft. I love watching Devonte Adams do his thing. Uh, I'm starting to really love Garrett Wilson. I like his uh, mindset. I like his how personable he is. He's like, he's not like you know, like he's a young receiver. He seems like he gets it. You know, he's hungry to get better. You've seen him around Aaron, and it's been. It's been awesome. Yeah, we'll watch how try to-
0: horrible is that, knowing what it takes to be a phenomenal wide receiver? You have to have that rapport. You have to have that bond, that connection with your quarterback. And it looked like Garrett Wilson was on his way to really developing that with Aaron Rodgers this season. Then next thing you know, first game of the season, that connection's broken. And now Garrett Wilson has to change his mindset as to what he's going to be able to accomplish. Because let's face it, with Zach Wilson— uh, it's probably going to look very different than had he been able to play on the field with Aaron Rodgers.
1: So he, absolutely, he's going to change his, I think he's going to change his expectations, but not his mindset, right? So Garrett Wilson last year went over 1,000, one offensive rookie of the year with three quarterbacks. I mean, Flacco, Mike White, and Zach. And I don't think any, that's, that's not murderer's row when it comes to quarterback play. He came in with different expectations this year, but I think his mindset stays the same. I'm still the best receiver on the field. We watched him catch a slant and take it 60 this week. So I think anytime you, when you're at that level, anytime you're on the field, you expect to be mm-hmm. able to kind of do your thing out there.
0: Well, offensive rookie of the year. He has a lot to be proud of already. Uh, now let's get into some of the other issues going on in the league right now. Uh, something that really caught my eye. And I would love to get your take because as a sports performance specialist, I feel like you can speak to this maybe like a lot of people wouldn't be able to. The NFL has filed a grievance against the NFLPA alleging that union leaders have advised running backs to consider feigning or exaggerating their injuries to help increase their leverage in contract negotiations. Now, just on the surface, to me, this seems pretty messed up. Yes,
1: yeah, this is an interesting one. I think the kind of the purpose behind it is – we don't want you getting hurt in practice because you haven't gotten paid yet. But I almost think if I was trying to go to my employer, whose their hesitancy behind signing these running backs long-term is the tread wears down and you guys become prone to injury. I don't know if faking an injury right. it does is not seem probably like it would more, your case more a bit than counteractive, your case. right? Yeah, Yeah. it doesn't seem like it makes a ton of sense to me. I think it's as it comes out, I'm gonna have to learn more about it, but yeah. And I
0: have to imagine if this is a grievance has been filed, then already they're having seen cases across the league of running backs, maybe even other positions, who knows, having used this tactic to try and gain more leverage.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people feel like, like, I don't want to name names, but people feel like Jonathan Taylor kind of went through that, right? And now being, I know, I'm sorry about that. But being in week two, look how many of these guys are going down and they're not really... They're not really helping their case out at all. We're Jonathan Taylor's down. We watched Nick Chubb last night. Saquon's down. Eckler's down. It's it's you know it's hard to present a case like we're we're healthy. We can get through this. And then by week two, you see four or five star running backs down. It's hard to ask for that money, you know? Yeah, I mean we've
0: not even seen four or five star running backs. We've also seen several quarterbacks go down. Is there something in the water this season? I feel like I say this every year because it always seems like there's a rash of injuries, and you and you think to yourself, what's going on? Is it is it just me? Does this happen every year? Or does this year seem extraordinarily severe? I,
1: I think the last couple of years have seemed a little severe, and a lot of people seem to liken it back to. And, and I know I sounding a bit old now, but uh, training camp, I don't think, is what it used to be. Like they take it a little bit easier on on us. Yeah, a little bit more lax, right? A little less hitting, a little less strenuous, little less days in pads. You know, no, not so many tour days, and the body's almost using the beginning of the season as like a training camp. So you tend to see them kind of right out the gates. The last couple of years, it's been a lot of these uh, these big injuries. So
0: besides maybe getting back to the old days of training camp, where they condition their bodies more properly before starting out the season at a hundred percent. As a sports performance specialist, is there anything else these guys should be doing or really focusing on to stay healthy in the off season?
1: Well, what you don't what you realize once you become a professional is it's a twelve month a year job. Like it's no more do it during the year, kind of kick it off for a couple of months and and pick it back up. It it never stops. You got to train properly, you must eat properly. People underestimate the importance of rest. Some th- these are the things yeah. that and that's why it's so important I think for like young players to have like good veterans in there in their locker room cuz these guys kind of impress these things upon these young impressionable kids and they got to The earlier they learned that's what I was always told. I had the privilege of being next to Steve Smith in the locker room, which was awesome. And he told me right out the gate, like, Chris, the guys who take care of their body the best are the guys who play here the longest. So I was in early, I was cold tub, I was rolling out, so.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because you talk about the people that really have that longevity in their career and their bodies, look at Tom Brady. Incredible. I mean, how old was he? He was 45 45 when he retired, and then. He's retired today. of course, yeah. Uh, so he retired when he was forty-four. Correct, yes. Forty-four when he retired, and then even even Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately, he went down. But I mean, playing at an MVP caliber level still at age thirty-nine, right. um, up until you know a, a week or so ago. Sure. Uh, but how has the the landscape of fitness and recovery and all of that changed in the past few years? Where now guys are able to look forward to a much more fruitful career for much longer.
1: Well, I think when we're younger, we kind of we take for granted that we can just get out of bed. I remember when I was 22 years old, I can get out of bed. I I can those days. I
0: look back even like, I mean, off subject a little bit, but even like when I would go out drinking, no hangover, I would just completely bounce back. I would wake up. I'm like, let's do it again. And now I go and have a couple drinks and I'm like, don't talk to me for three days.
1: Yeah. It's incredible. (laughs) Like you, I would bounce back up. You get hit you wake up the next day, no soreness. You show up to practice 10 minutes before you're, Couple jumping jacks, couple jogs, and you're loose and ready to go. Now it requires a 15-minute active warm-up. Yeah. I gotta put hot hot packs on before, cold tub after. But I think the earlier these guys start to implement this into their routine, that's why the athletes I work with now, I try to impress it upon them in high school. Like make it part of your routine now, yeah. so when you get to college, it's not a huge shock. I myself actually, I don't drink or anything like that. I'm not much of a partier. And I always looked at it like this is my way to get an advantage on these other guys Uh, who kind of. Yeah, yeah, you guys, you
0: all go out drinking. Get get, get hammered. And then I'll be the one who looks good in practice. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay, so on that same subject, uh, recovery, we just had a little discussion uh, before we went on. Uh, You said that you're a big fan of the cold plunge and the hyperbaric chamber, which actually I talked about with uh, former Jet Eric Coleman earlier. And he said that that was one of the tactics that he used to really bounce back much quicker than expected uh, for one of his injuries. So are those still, would you say, your two favorite methods that you Would you use yourself and also impress upon clients if they're looking for injury recovery methods?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of them that are really good. The the hyperbaric chambers are a bit tricky for like a a regular person because they're hard to get access to. Mm -hmm. And you kind of got to spend a lot of time in them, like consistently for them to work. I think the first person we saw really bounce back quick was T.O. in that Super Bowl. Yes, He's the first one to put like hyperbaric chambers on the map. I had my first access to it at IMG Academy. And since then I've kind of tried to make it part of my regimen. Cold plunge anybody can do. Yeah, do it all the time. It's really good for inflammation, really good to shock the central nervous system and kind of snap you back. And uh, yeah, soft tissue, foam rolling, stuff like that, mm-hmm. things that we kind of just overlooked in the past.
0: Yeah, and, and another issue that I wanted to ask you about that's really been, I guess, being talked about so much more in the NFL after Aaron Rodgers went down with the idea of using artificial turf sure. versus real grass. A yeah. lot of players have come out and said, that artificial turf is actually a huge disadvantage because it creates more of a, they describe it as a wobble on the field, so it creates less stability for players and that they should bring back real grass across the board. But as we know, that's going to cost the league quite a bit of money. It also takes time to install grass versus turf when it's already there. So what's your take? Is there actually a safety concern as it as it is in regard to turf um, and maybe on the uh, flip side, a, a safety advantage to having real grass?
1: So I think, as a whole, I haven't met too many of us who really, if we had a choice, perfect grass versus turf, would pick turf. But there, there are downsides to both. I think numbers, statistics, kind of show that the turf has kind of resulted in more of these injuries, which has been, you know, been tough. Um, as, as of, like myself though, you have to. I grew up in the Northeast, so by the time it's November, the grass is wet too. Yeah. There's mud everywhere, so. It's and you weird. get
0: the spots, and there's like all the yes. divots, which I yes. also think could be a hazard, right? You get your toe stuck in one of those, you go flying. Hundred percent,
1: and and especially like for these high school kids or college kids, where the ter- where the grass isn't upkept like some of the ones in the league are, and then these these owners, obviously cash is king in the league, right? So these owners want to make back the billions that it cost them to buy these teams. So if you could have Taylor Swift come knock your stadium down three or four days. It may burn your grass out a little bit, but that's that's a trade that they're willing to make, unfortunately, and uh, yeah, I guess as a player, but at, at the end of the day, I mean, you look at some of the other leagues around the world, I know the soccer players in Europe, it's in their deal that they don't play on anything but grass. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. When they come over here, actually, and they like, they'll like they do like a, a U.S. stadium tour, they'll, they're doing a World Cup
0: and like that. And that's why um, uh, David Bakhtiari actually used that as a specific side of yes. that, specifically saying... You're willing to install the real grass for the soccer teams. What about us NFL players? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look, I've, great grass. There's nothing like it. It's got a nice bounce to it. You're you in and out of your brakes quick. But again, it's is we're in kind of an age where, if I think if we had it one way, people would complain, and then we would move over to the other, and people would find a way to yeah. complain. Because look at the Super Bowl last year, right?
0: Absolutely. Grass
1: field, and I had to hear Eagles fans all year tell me about how they would have beat the Chiefs if the defensive line was able to keep their footing. So. Yeah. You know, there's, there's pros and cons to everything. But I guess, I think I would listen to the players. Like, it, at the end of the day, they really are the game, and they're making so much money. These, well, these I could teams. see,
0: I mean, I don't know. I, at one point, they're able to negotiate this into their collective bargaining agreement right. through the NFLPA. I know that that only comes, you know, every so often. Sure. But maybe during the next go-around, that's something additionally that they would... Put into their contracts. Yeah, it's
1: going to be something that they talk about for sure. Bakhtiari went about. He, he his his interview was awesome. I, l- I listened to it myself, and he said it's just it. The the owners may conform, but they're going to get something for it, and yes. that's kind of the way it always. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, finally, is there anything that storyline this season in the NFL that you've already been keeping your eye closely on that you're hot on that you think other people should be paying more attention to that maybe isn't getting as much love as it should?
1: Um, what is the one that's no? I mean. I was pretty interested in seeing the Cowboys. I think, I think they're ready to make a step this year, and, and that, that hurts me as a New Yorker. Oh, uh, yeah. But, yeah, they, they, they're, this might be the year. They've been weeks one and two. I mean, they're always an easy topic to talk about, but they might look like they actually some substance to it this year.
0: And how about the Lions?
1: Lions are great, yeah. but the Lions started to make a move last year, yeah. right? I think Coach Campbell, you know what you're going to get with from a Coach Campbell team. They're going to come out. They're going to play hard. I love, you know, they're, they're making strides over there. Their offense is awesome. Jared Goff's been great the last two years kind of really reinvented mm-hmm. himself. I love St. Brown. I'm interested to see if they start to utilize Jameer Gibbs more because coming in, I thought he had a shot at Offensive Rookie of the Year through the first two two weeks. His usage is a little little down compared mm-hmm. to where I thought it would be. But, yeah, the Lions are definitely an interesting mm-hmm. story.
0: And then finally, I you're a Jets or Giants guy?
1: I grew up a Jets fan, Long Islander, oh. and they they did their uh, training camp at Hofstra where I played. So okay. I used to, my pop used to take me so down you're, there. So
0: you're pretty bummed I'm out. I'm hurting
1: right now. Okay. I'm hurting right now. But I do think... I'm telling you, it's too magic a story. He's He said he's not going to go out like this. And my hot take before the year was he's so reinvigorated, I think you get like three years out of him. I think he's going to come back.
0: You think he'll still come back from the – you made that hot take, though, I'm sure, before the injury. Yeah,
1: but I still think he's going to come back, though. Look, his his game has changed a ton. He's not the same Aaron Rodgers that's looking to break the pocket and extend plays. And, you know, he you grow up and you change your things based upon the tools that you have now. And I think he'll sit in the pocket as long as he can navigate a little bit He's got good skill players. Get the ball out quick. Tighten up that O line because the Jets will keep that first round pick now that he hasn't played seventy percent of the snaps. Okay. Yeah, I think he. All right. Well,
0: we'll see what happens. I already made the hot take that he will not be coming back. I think he's going to put on the oh, I'm going to rehab and uh, rehabilitate, and you know, I'm going to go through the motions because he wants to get paid. But I think ultimately, this is such a tragic injury. I just don't know if at his age, even though he's got all of the resources at his disposal, uh, he's gonna be able to make that bounce back. But we'll see what happens. I hope for, I hope for your sake, thank and you. the rest of the Jets fans' sakes, the whole that it doesn't turn out like that, because I've been saying it since last week, this is why Jets fans can't have nice things, and I truly feel for all They're of you. We're
1: so due, we're so due. Yeah. Let us have this, please.
0: Well, hey Chris, thank you so much. No really pleasure. appreciate
1: thank it. Thank you all for
0: having me, thank you. Uh, okay, let's talk about the fact that it's not Friday. It's not gonna be Friday tomorrow either or the day after, but it's now casual Friday every single day in the U.S. Senate, as the U.S. Senate has decided to drop its dress code requirement. And if you ask me, it may as well be called the John Fetterman Addendum, because we all know he is by far the biggest slob in politics. He routinely rolls up to the Senate building in baggy gym shorts and hoodies, making Uncle Lurch look extremely attractive in comparison. Now, this change in decorum for senators is pissing off a lot of people, and rightly so, as these are the people representing our country. We also have Joe Biden as our president, so not that any of that seems to matter at this point. But people are not shying away from blaming the ill-dressed senator from Pennsylvania. Here's some of the reactions from others in Congress since the dress code has been dropped. GOP congressman Ryan Zinke wrote on X, quote, If my interns can put on a suit, so can a U.S. senator. This is true. And then there's the always outspoken Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. She posted, The Senate no longer enforcing a dress code for senators to appease Fetterman is disgraceful. Dress code is one of society's standards that set etiquette and respect for our institutions. Stop lowering the bar. Also true. Any ounce of conduct and tradition in this country is going by the wayside. Soon enough, all the Democrats in Congress will be dressing in drag and listen what I think it's going to be completely acceptable. What is not acceptable though, something that has been on my mind all weekend long, it's a grisly and purposeful attack. Two teens went on a joyride in Las Vegas in a stolen Hyundai Elantra playing a real life game of Grand Theft Auto when they made the conscious decision to take the life of 64-year-old retired police chief Andreas Probst. Watch this.
1: I right, go, 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 go can be in.
0: we didn't show the impact, but you obviously know what happened. And there's a chance you may have seen this video or even the full version on the news yesterday or maybe floating around on social media, probably even before that. The problem is, if you just saw it for the first time on the news yesterday, it actually took place on August 14th. So I have to ask, why was this crime, this horrific crime, not completely dominating national headlines for weeks now? The video has been out there. The 17-year-old driving was already arrested by police. He was arrested soon afterwards because these degenerates live-streamed this hit and run. They live-streamed it because, as you can tell, them laughing and joking around, this was a fun experience for them. Now, the driver's accomplice, who made the command, as you heard, to hit probes, has apparently, not that we've actually learned yet, has been apprehended. But what we do know— Besides the fact that Prof served for 35 years in law enforcement until retiring in 2009, and then had his life taken tragically during an early morning bike ride, is that now they are also trying to perhaps try the minor who was driving as an adult, which they should. Uh, what we don't know, though, are the details about the minors who were in the car. But what we can suspect is that the narrative isn't convenient for mainstream media, as this is clearly a double standard in coverage. Just as an example, the Las Vegas Review-Journal used the headline when reporting this, Retired Police Chief Killed in Bike Crash, Remembered for Laugh, Love of Coffee. Bike crash. That was not a bike crash. A bike crash is when you run into something on your own, not when you are completely and clearly assassinated by two thugs who decided to live stream their joyride on the internet. It makes me absolutely sick more people aren't talking about this murder on a transparent level, but it's clear that for these two scumbags, there is no possible rehabilitation or any reason whatsoever that they should ever step foot in a civil society again. They are pure evil and should be locked away for the rest of their lives and never see the light of day again. They deserve to live miserable lives. Uh, I hope that everyone can go check this out for themselves. Uh maybe decide for yourself what's going on and why it hasn't been more widely reported but um, we're going to leave it right there everybody I am so thankful that you choose to wake up with me right here on Outkick the Morning and if you would do me a favor we've got a lot more to talk about the whole week through we've got some awesome guests coming on lots of good stories on deck so make sure to hit that subscribe button and also do me a favor hit the like also leave a comment about what you enjoyed about today's show or maybe you have an idea of something you'd like to see featured in a segment later this week on outkick the morning also you know where to find me i am at charlie on tv across all social platforms but for now that's all the time we have thank you so much for being here and we look forward to seeing you here again same time tomorrow on outkick the morning see ya
1: Looking for the hottest sportsbook offers at OutKick? Find exclusive promotions, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at OutKick.com backslash bet.